Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Uh, financing Solutions, for those of you who don't know about us, we provide easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you're interested in learning more about getting a business line of credit for your business, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Jason Bernard from Calicube. Jason Bernard, also known as the brand SERP guy, is an author and digital marketing consultant. He specializes in brand SERP optimization and knowledge panel management. Jason has over two year, two decades of experience in digital marketing starting in 1998, which is the year that Google was first incorporated with a website for kids based on the characters uh, Bawa and Kawa, Kawala that he built up to become one of the 10,000 most visited sites in the world. In the 1990s, he was a professional musician with the punk folk group, The Barking Dogs. Jason, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you so much, Stephen. Lovely, lovely introduction. And I'm sorry for the names Buwa and Kuala that make many adults stumble. Um, we, we had questions from parents saying, why did you choose such difficult names to say? Um, and the answer to that was, can your kids say it? The answer was yes. Um, and it is really difficult to say, and I never really realized quite how difficult it would be. <laughs> well, it's certainly memorable names. I'm sure the kids remember them. So that, that, that sometimes goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Create um, was a cartoon series for kids, and it was absolutely delightful. And it's what got me into the internet in the first place, uh, creating a website for kids in 1998. And starting from there, it's, it's been a wonderful 25-year journey. Yeah. You know, I have to ask this question: Is uh, is punk folk different than punk rock? Yeah, um, punk folk is basically we we had folk songs, folk instruments, and we played aggressive punk style. Cool. So, if you can imagine a country song played with enormous energy on acoustic instruments, or um, an Irish folk tune, if you've ever heard of the Pogues, it was like that, but more punk. Yeah, um, yeah, and we played in France for, or in fact, in Europe and toured around for for ten years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly England. I know you're you're calling out from Oxford. Uh, it's it's amazing how good the music is. Uh, you know, a lot. So most of my favorite groups come from England. Uh, I'm kind of an uh, alt rock '80s fan, so uh, you know, so right. I get it. Um, cool. So uh, today we're going to kind of be talking about uh, brand SERPs and knowledge panels, uh, managing your brand on Google. Yeah. So just, you know, just to get it out of the way, well, what is just an explanation of what SERPs are? 
Yeah, this is a question kind of, I always forget to explain. Uh, I come from the world of SEO, search engine optimization. So I use these terms all the time and it seems to me terribly obvious. But obviously any acronym is always going to be completely non-understandable for anybody who hasn't been in the industry. And a SERP is a search engine results page. So it's what you see on Google when you search something. And so a brand SERP is what you see on Google when you search a brand name or a person's name. And I say your brand SERP, which is what your audience sees when they Google your brand name, is your Google business card. Yeah. And and then that would be, it would include paid for search as well as search and uh, natural searches as well? Potentially, yeah. Some some brands need to defend their brand name because their competitors bid on their brand name. And so their competitors rank at the top with the paid position. So sometimes you need to defend your brand. Uh, so I also deal with that uh, in helping keeping costs down, um, which is surprisingly easy to do. Um, but by default, you will tend to pay much more for those ads than um, than you should really be paying because of the way Google functions, obviously, to make money. Yeah. So let's get into uh, right into the heart and soul of this, and that is you've been doing this for a, a while, right? Um, what are some of the top – give me the top three things that you think affects your brand when it comes to uh, uh, search engines and and how people see you. Tell me the top three things that you've learned over the years that really affect brands. Right. Well, any any brand who has, that has a website is playing the Google game whether they like it or not because Google is going to be putting them in the search results whether they like it or not. And from that perspective, how Google presents your brand on any search result on Google is incredibly important. You need to make sure it represents you as you want to your audience. And from that perspective, Google's understanding of who you are, what you do, and which audience you serve is by far the most important thing. You need to make sure, and it's it's up to you to proactively do this, what I say, educate Google to who you are, what you're doing, which audience you serve, so that it can represent you honestly and helpfully to your audience when they Google anything, including your brand name. And beyond that, in fact, sorry, I, 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 I thought about two points when you asked the question. Uh, there's another thing called EAT, Expertise, Authority, and Trustworthiness, and that's huge in Google's algorithms today, and it's basically your credibility. So once it's understood who you are, what you're doing, which audience you serve, you need to convince it that you are a credible solution for the subset of its users who are your audience. It's called ETA? E-A-T. E-A-T. Okay. And what does E-A-T stand for again? Expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, which is basically credibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a standard E-A-T? Is that a standard acronym that's used outside of... You're just, is that you, no. something that, no. So it's you've absolutely kind of, something that Google invented to um, convince people like me who do SEO, who were obsessed by inbound links. We were saying, you need a link to your website from another website. That's all that matters. And they created this algorithm, sorry, this acronym uh, to convince us to look at a more broad idea of what credibility is. And credibility in their right is all about how expert am I how authoritative am I within my industry and how trustworthy am I to provide that solution to the subset of Google's users that are my audience? Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Get Google to recommend me. I mean, we're asking Google, when we're saying to Google, can you put me at the top of the results, please? 
We're asking it to recommend us to its users. Why would it recommend us? Because we're the most expert, the most authoritative, and the most trustworthy response or answer to the user's question. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, one of the things that is an issue I know, you know, Google sometimes does not pull the data from your website hmm. for the for the is it the, is it the met, meta section or what's what's the section yeah. you know the meta title so, meta description yeah yeah so how do you control your 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 branding if if it's being pulled from kind of outside of your control right it's, it's a huge question a really interesting question because Google used to just use what you mentioned the metas the meta title meta description and that's uh, a title and a description in the web code that's designed for the search engines. And recently it started saying, well, actually, a lot of website owners don't optimize those. They don't provide those. So we need to learn to figure out what the title and description should be when we present this page in the search results. And in the in my community, that's a huge issue. They People don't like that. But what it actually does is it looks in the page and finds what it thinks is the best title and the best description according to what the users search for and what the page actually offers. So you need to look at every web page on your website as a solution to a problem or an answer to a question. And Google is simply trying to match the question that its user is asking when they search on Google or the problem they're trying to solve with the page that best answers that question or solves that problem from the source that is the most credible, expert, authoritative, and trustworthy. So in other words, that. you, that, that's SEO in a nutshell. So you can, and you can't really, but you can't really control where Google is going to pull that information from. So how do you manage your brand if it's? Yeah, I guess is it is it is it just that everything you write on your your it's hard because like you yeah. look at my website, I think I have fifteen hundred pages on my website. Yeah, it's, it's a big website, right? For uh, you know a smaller company, a twenty five million dollar company, but. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, those pages go back. I've been in business 11 years, right? You know, I, I go back to my first page that I ever wrote. Now, yes, do we clean some things up? I mean, do we, you know, shut them off and redirect? Yes. But but there's stuff that we wrote about 11 years ago that don't really put us in the best frame of mind when you read it now. You know, I mean, what do you do? Well, I mean, from a perspective of something that isn't, best representation of your brand you would need you to, to you should just take it down right you would need to take it down or correct yeah. it because the the problem as well there is that if it's misrepresenting what your brand is today then google's going to start to misunderstand your brand you're sending confused yeah. signals and google although very complex is actually quite simplistic it needs a very clear consistent signal from you about who you are what you're doing which audience you serve and it needs consistency in terms of the way you're presenting your brand. And once it's understood that, then it will be able to represent you in the way that you want because it has no reason to represent you any other way. It, if it can understand what you want it to say, it will say it. And so on an individual page basis, you just need to be very careful with what I would call the basics but probably aren't for a lot of people who aren't in the SEO industry, but using your headings correctly structuring your page in a way that the machine can read it and understand it properly. And very simple tricks like that is, is hugely, hugely powerful in influencing Google. But the, 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 the cornerstone, the keystone to this 
is that it understands who you are and what your brand message is, because then it will represent you correctly. Have you ever, uh, are, are you a, do you own an SEO, SEM company? Is that what you do? Yeah, kind of, that's where I come from. But um, CaliCube is my company and we have a SaaS platform and a done-for-you service that is basically branding on Google rather than SEO. So what we're doing is helping you control your brand message all over Google. And we focus on the brand set, which is what your audience sees when they Google your brand name, and the knowledge panel, which is the side, the right-hand side, where sometimes if you search for a big company like IBM, you'll see a panel with facts about IBM. And we help companies to get those. And once you have a knowledge panel, it's Google's representation of its factual understanding about you. And that's when you're winning the game in terms of being able to manage your brand on Google because it's understood. So my role is firstly marketing, secondly brand, oh, sorry, firstly branding, secondly marketing, and thirdly SEO. Okay. So although I come from the SEO world, SEO is actually only third on the list. SEO is packaging your branding and your marketing for Google. That's all it is. And you should have all of the branding and marketing already there. All we're doing is helping you package it. So who who typically brings you into an assignment? Is it the advertising agency who's uh, working on the branding project? Is it the uh, the end, uh, the the owner of the business? And I mean, I have a hard time believing that the owner of a small business puts any thought into SERP branding. Hmm. Sure. I mean, I never um, did, and I'm an S, and I am really for a layman. I know a lot about SEO. So um, right. I never well, thought uh, about branding from that standpoint. No. In fact, what's, what's surprising is after 25 years, I've been doing the internet for 25 years. And I find it very surprising that people haven't thought about this more. Yeah. Because we all have uh, our audience searches our brand name, whether it's to navigate to our site or to researchers. And increasingly, Google is giving them all the information on its results pages. And they're increasingly likely to research you on Google rather than researching you elsewhere or on your own website. Um, so it's a huge, 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 huge thing that people are often missing missing this opportunity. Uh, those people are bottom of funnel. Anyone searching your brand name knows who you are. You've done the hard work of getting your name in front of them, getting it in their mind and getting them to search for it. You need to make sure that they see something positive, accurate, and convincing. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't think about it, and I completely get that. And I'm, I'm on this kind of mission to to explain this to the entire world, and I'm doing it step by step, podcast by podcast, and article by article. Um, so it's a huge task, and I'm getting there little by little. And the other question is, why would I invest in this? And the answer is, you have all of this content, you have this branding, you have this marketing, and it's a relatively simple job to package it for Google and present it to Google. And then Google will love you and it will present you more often and in the way you want than it is today. So it's a huge opportunity that I think a lot of companies are missing. So what I tend to get, direct clients who ask for the done-for-you service are company bosses who want to manage their own personal um, brand set. So what their audience is, because perhaps they've got investors who are looking at who they are and searching them on Google, and they want to look impressive. And then they move that up to say, well, actually, if I can get this for the company, uh, for myself, sorry, then the company, 
I can do this too for the company, and that will drive directly drive my business. So Kaleidoscope uh, is a SaaS platform that manages your online brand of for Google. How does it do it? Right. It, it's CaliCube, not Kaleidoscope. Oh, Kale- um, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not, no, I'm now thinking I should have called it Kaleidoscope. It's a better name. Um, there you go. So That's, well, that's $20,000 right there. Thank I'm going to charge you. So. <laughs> CaliCube Pro is, is a yeah, is Let's a spell it too. Let, before you go on, let's spell it. K-A-L-I-C-U-B-E, just for our listeners to know. Okay, go ahead. Brilliant. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, I should have done that right at the start. That's okay. Um, we, we work as an agency helping businesses with their brand message on Google. Yeah. And the way the platform works is that we have an algorithm that looks at Google and it says, we analyze Google's results to figure out what Google is looking at for sources of information about the, the brand, what it sees as important for the brand, what it sees as unimportant for the brand. And then we can immediately say to you, right, here are the sources of information that Google's looking at. We need to correct all of these. So it's a huge spring clean of your entire digital ecosystem. And then we can say, these are the places you're doing well. These are the places you're doing badly on social media, on uh, article writing, on your website, on um, third-party website review sites, for example. We can immediately pinpoint where the weak spots are and where the strengths are and start working on those to improve your digital ecosystem. So it always starts with a spring clean, and then it moves on to building block by block. The entire digital ecosystem from the perspective of Google's perception of it. Um, and the other clients we have are agencies. So uh, a lot of companies are, are being optimized by CaliCube without realizing it because their agency is using CaliCube to do this same work. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm actually, I've never done this during a podcast. I'm actually looking up your your website right now. Um, just, it's kind of interesting. I wonder what would happen if I put my, I'm not going to do it now. Um, but if I put my, does it do some type of analysis of your website to, I mean, for like, uh, you know, introductory, trying to learn about yourself? Right. Yeah. We, uh, people can ask to have their company added to our database. We've got a database with 70,000 uh, brands and people, and it's got 500 million data points that we use to analyze and figure out exactly what's happening within each individual industry so that we can apply um really well-focused strategies to each individual business according to their industry, but also according to their specific digital ecosystem. So there's a free option where you can just track and look at what Google's showing for your brand name in whatever country you want. Um, But the big step up is when we start doing this on a weekly or a daily basis, and then we can really get to grips with your entire digital ecosystem And as I said, from the perspective of Google, and if any algorithm company has the best insight into a digital ecosystem, it's going to be Google. Yeah, It isn't Mention. It isn't Facebook. It isn't Apple. It's Google, and it's Microsoft, potentially. But Google crawls the web constantly, so it knows everything about you. It's constantly looking over your shoulder. It knows what you're doing. It sees everything you do online. And its assessment of what your digital ecosystem looks like is, for me, the best possible assessment you can have. And the great thing about it is it's not, it's, it's free. Yeah. Google's assessment of your brand is just searching your brand name and having a look at it and seeing what comes up. 
do I see what I wanted to see? Do I see what I expected to see? And how do I then move the needle so that I see what I want to see and what my audience needs to see for me to do better business? Yeah. So um, the, what was the, f- the first suggestion that you made in your experience was um, just uh, let's take a step back because I said there was three things from your experience. First thing is you got to be concerned about the image, everything that's being said, your, your web, you got to be concerned about everything the way Google see you. That was the first thing, correct? Yeah. You've got to be firstly concerned about how your audience sees you. Yeah. So you need to create content and communicate with your audience on whatever platform it is, whether it's on social media, on website, uh, medium, uh, or review sites. And then we take that and we say, right, well, how do we take this content? You as a business owner, you're communicating with your audience in a way that you know resonates with them. That's why you're making money. And then what we say is we can take all of that and we can repackage it all so that Google understands how you're talking to your audience, which audience you're talking to, and what your brand voice is. So what we're simply doing is taking what already exists and adapting it so that Google can better understand the contents and how to apply it when it's trying to help its users. And remember, people searching on Google are Google's users. They might be your audience at the same time, but your audience is simply a subset of Google's users when looked at from Google's perspective. Right. Okay. Uh, what's the second thing you've learned from your experience of branding SERP and you know, kind of knowledge panels and that type of thing and branding on Google? What's the second thing you kind of learned? Something that I think I overlooked for years as an SEO is I focused too much on my own website and that I actually talked to my audience on many different platforms. My website should be the hub of that conversation. So I should reach out to people on the platforms they're already hanging out on and then bring them into my website when they're ready to convert or when they need to come to my website for information about something specific. And the idea that people should come to your website immediately when they're searching for, let's say, red shoes is for me not helpful. I should already be communicating with the person who's looking for red shoes wherever they happen to be hanging out. And when they search for red shoes, I should, if I appear, they will be coming to my brand because they recognize the brand. But I would hope they would be searching for red shoes CaliCube because they want to buy from CaliCube because I've already connected with them and communicated with them and my brand already resonates with them. And at that point, I just need Google to represent me. Get Google's stamp of approval where it's saying, here is a brand SERP. Here is the result for Red Shoes CaliCube. Where Red Shoes at CaliCube look incredibly good with lots of great reviews, with information, with the knowledge panel on the right-hand side, and CaliCube's page at the top exactly like I want it to be shown. Okay. Okay. What's the third uh, thing you've learned from you know your experience in this business? Um, having said your website is less important than perhaps you think, um, it actually beca- it's going to become less and less important as Google moves forwards. Because once you do get people searching your brand, as I said, Google's making that result for your brand name on its search engine results pages increasingly rich with videos, with Twitter feeds, with uh, the knowledge panel, with cards, with information in them, um, to the point at which users are going to be increasingly not visiting your website until they're ready to convert. So you really need to focus on communicating with them off your website and expecting them to come to your website further down the funnel. 
So I, I would say, once again, the, the idea that my website is the hub of everything I do, but it isn't necessarily the most visible part of what I do. But it's certainly where I'm going to convert my clients. Yeah, you, you alluded to this a little bit, but I think a lot of people who are involved in SEO, SEM, or directors of marketing, those type of things, they're always thinking about, okay, what's the next algorithm change mm. that Google will make so that they, so that we can get ahead of the game uh, of uh, having content on our website that Google likes. What is, but, but the, that conversation does not go into the branding. What, what is, you did talk a little bit about it, but what is the branding future that Google will want to see right. to portray your brand the way you want it to? Yeah, that, that's a great question from, from the perspective of SEOs do get obsessed by the idea is I need to be visible on Google for everything. And increasingly, Google is looking to brands and brands it trusts. And it doesn't need to be a big brand to be trusted. If I'm a poodle parlor in Paris, I can be a small brand in Paris, but incredibly trusted by Google for poodles in Paris that need a hair trim. So you've got to look at your real audience where you are trustworthy, where you are credible, and focus on getting Google to understand your brand, what it means to your audience, and which audience your brand is actually truly helpful for. So the idea is to look at your audience and start building around that audience and once again packaging for Google and making sure that Google understands that each piece of content you create, whether it's on your website or elsewhere, is from that brand and helps to build one tiny extra brick of that expertise, authority and trustworthiness that we talked about earlier on. So, so let's do a case scenario of using my own company. Um, so one area that my business is very popular with is provide, we you know, provide small businesses with a line of credit, right? Right. And so, you know, I do these podcasts, um, and you know, we're not talking on this podcast, 99% of it. We're not talking about a line of credit, right? We're talking about yeah. SERP, you know, for branding and SERP for, you know, um, so, you know, it's always confused me a little bit when we're picking articles to write about, right? Hmm. And, you know, the, the, the podcast is, is above and beyond the articles that we write because yeah. we do take this podcast, we write it up into a full article, you know, and so that oh, type cool. of thing. So, so 99% of this podcast has nothing to do with a line of credit. I mean, I'm mentioning it a couple of times now, but that's hmm. irrelevant. Right. Um, you know, how does Google value that I'm talking about SERP? Right. That, that's a great point and a great question is that you need to really stay focused on your core topic. And what you can then do is have uh, associated topics, for example, this one. And your best bet would to be try to get me to talk about 
how brand SERPs can come in to help a business like yours that is in the line of credit business yeah. and try to try to angle it more so that it always comes back to your core topics because uh. Google has it struggles with multifacetedness. Yeah. So I was a musician, then I was a cartoon blue dog, now I'm a digital marketer. Google struggles to understand that, that I could be three different things. So it, what it does in its mind is it thinks it's three different people by default. Yeah. So I have to educate it to say, actually, it's the same Jason Barnard. And from that perspective, as a company, focusing on your core topic is important because it wants to know what topic you are expert, authoritative, and trustworthy for. So for the podcast, um, you, you've got two, two options, really. One of which is to angle it more towards your core topic. The other which is to take it away from the website and put it on its own website. And then it becomes a podcast in its own right that can bring value to you by linking back to your website and from your website to the podcast when it's relevant, at which point you can have the best of both worlds. So what I actually did, and, and here's, uh, you brought me to an interesting point, is a year and a half ago, I had my podcast on my website. And then I created a new website and moved all of the podcasts to the new website. What now happens is when you search my company or my name, the podcast website is on page one and my website is on page one. So I get two places that I control. Yeah. Because it understands the relationship, but the podcast doesn't dilute my topical message on my own company website. So I don't mix those messages up. My Calicube.com is really focused only on brand SERPs and knowledge panels. The podcast talks about all sorts of marketing topics. So I separate them and keep not a wall between them, but a flexible wall. And then I can link back and forth when it's incredibly relevant. So Google understands it's these two different things that have a relationship that I'm the production company, but it isn't my core business. Yeah, it's tough because... Uh... You know, this is like my two, 210th episode and right. I like what I do and there's another purpose to it too. But, you know, like the idea is that we're talking to issues that, that directly affect um, small businesses. Ooh, I've lost you, Stephen. Yeah, you're okay now. It's back. I can see. I hope this isn't my internet connection. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can see that you're talking. Yeah. How's it doing now? Test, 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 test. Sorry about that. We had a little bit of technical issue. So we're coming back into that discussion. So, you know, again, I've, you know, we've had, I've had over 210 uh, episodes of the Entrepreneur MBA podcast and it's geared towards small businesses. Hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping that Google recognizes that, 
you know, we deal with small businesses, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so you're right though. I mean, kind of, you know, gearing it more toward lines of credit, but I, you know, I don't want to do that. I like, I like what I'm doing. You know, I really yeah. like it and the results are good, you know? So, I mean, I think they're right. pretty good, you know? So, well, I mean, for what I, what I try to help people to do is understand different entities. Now entity is simply a thing that we can name. So a person, a place, a podcast, a company, uh, a music album, a music group, those are all entities. And so you need to say, well, my company is an entity. I'm an entity and my podcast is an entity. Yeah. And all I need to do is explain to Google that this is three different entities. And potentially each entity can have its own website or they can all live on the same website, both of which are fine. And then the question is, how much do I feel that these entities are related and are relevant to each other? And that's a choice you need to make is the podcast can live on my website. But if it's too off topic, I can put it on a different website. And as I say, you keep that flexible wall between them. And another thing is focus on the description that you write for your podcast and for your company. And it needs to be written simply and clearly so that Google can understand. Yeah, that we do well. Yeah, A lot of the time when people write about themselves, their company or their podcast, they actually don't write very clearly because we have our own perception and we kind of forget that, that from the outside world, it isn't clear when you say, you know, for example, my podcast with Jason Barnard, dot, 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 is incredibly fun and interesting and delightful and groovy. Yeah. That, that doesn't explain anything to anybody except my personal opinion of my own website, my own podcast, sorry. So explaining it, saying with Jason Barnard is a marketing podcast with leading, mar- leading marketers from around the world, Rand Fishkin, Bill Slowski, uh, Barry Schwartz, Marie Haynes, uh, where Jason Barnard discusses with the guest a topic in the marketing sphere that they that the, the guest absolutely loves. Um, the episodes are always interesting, always uh, informative, and always fun. Obviously, I wrote that off the top of my head. It's not perfect. But that first big chunk just explains very clearly what the podcast is, who it's addressed to, who's the audience, who are the participants that Google and my audience would recognize. And then I add at the end the catchy informative, interesting, and fun catch line that I think describes my podcast. Yeah, yeah. I I would really hate to take this material. So I just, you know, it's interesting when I look at the results of the articles that are actually shown for the podcast, like, I'm sorry, how many people actually come to us? How many visitors at Google are sending to us based on the, the article that we write for the podcast? It's not that great, but the results that we get of people coming to our website yeah. for the line of credit is good. So like Google seems to be, the right people. yeah, they seem to be knowing what it is that we're doing. Yeah. So, and th- that's a great point that you're making is the volume of people coming to your website is not as important as the quality of the people coming to your website. Yeah. Well, I would say a little bit of both. I mean, we definitely, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the fact that Google is getting it, well, the other thing, and I actually didn't really uh, go into this, is uh, Google likes silos, and a silo sounds a little bit strange, but it's basically folders on your website. So if your website is mywebsite.com slash podcast, Google understands that in that folder is the podcast stuff. Yeah, As long as you're incredibly organized with that, Google 
understands that these are different sections of the website that address um, different questions and different problems, but theoretically the same audience. And as you say, you're aiming at a small business audience. If you explain that clearly across your website, we serve small businesses in the USA, obviously not that boringly, then it will become clear to Google and it will know when the person is relevant to your business and your business is relevant to them. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, five years ago, my SEO company did a nice job of making sure that we yeah. had nice silos, you know, or it was, in other words, and just so everyone understands what we mean by silos is that, you know, we have uh, 10, maybe 12 categories um, that like, for example, this podcast would go under um, business, like uh, it's not business marketing. It's like business information. or I forget mm. what it is, to be honest with you, but it, it's a separate category. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and we have the entrepreneur, we'll go on to the entrepreneur MBA category and one other one. So right. we just made that change recently. Uh, well, it's good. It was a great, very interesting topic. Um, we, we kind of ran out of time. I mean, the idea of, of, you know, branding. I mean, I could see where your companies could do really, really well because if you're working with my, my, one of my best friends has, a, is a branding expert for 30 years and I can see where he, uh, would want to make sure that they're including hmm. SERP in their branding, uh, methodology or, you know, so, so I kind of get it. I haven't seen it very often. I'm sure, certainly not, not in that space, but it's, it's a, it's a good area to be. Have you seen that your business has been taken off? Yeah, the, the business is doing really well. And you mentioned uh, brand creators or brand consultants. And I'm working more and more with them, a company called Brandface, who I worked with uh, recently, still working with today. Um, basically realized we create this amazing brand. We get the, the whole brand message absolutely nailed. Now, how do we communicate that to Google? That's yeah. where I come in. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it, it, it really is child's play. Yeah. Because I know Google from the, from the inside out through the SEO career that I've had. And so for me, it's simply saying, once again, um, I take your brand, I take what you've created with your brand manager, your brand creator, and I package it for Google, or I tell you how to pack it, package it for Google. Then we present it to Google, and Google will understand. Cool. Good stuff. Well, good conversation. Right. I enjoyed it. We have uh, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank so very much Jason Bernard from uh, Calicube. It's K A L I C U B E for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please also, if you liked today's podcast or any of the other ones, and you're willing to give us a five star review, uh, uh, please uh, give us a review. It helps us get the word out. Then they, of course, uh, uh, the podcast companies use that, those reviews as a way to rank uh, where we are. We're in, we're in a you know very good position. I think we have ten thousand listeners right now. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Jason, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Right. Uh, Google my brand name, my brand name or my personal name, my brand name, Cali Cube, 
and it will show you the results for CaliCube with all of our offers, our products presented with our own brand message, our own brand voice, and our visuals that we've more or less chosen. Or search my name, Jason Barnard, J-A-S-O-N-B-A-R-N-A-R-D. And what you will see is what I call my Google business card. And you will see my website, Twitter, LinkedIn, my company website. And you get to choose how you interact with me through Google's presentation of the opportunities and the uh, ways you can interact with me uh, online. Good stuff. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Stephen. Yeah, so I think my takeaway today was um, I'm, I'm going to go after we're finished with this podcast, and I'm going to go to to uh, Jason's website, um, and I'm going to you know type in my name and um, see what the software comes back with that he has, and it'd be interesting uh, um, because I you know I would like to know what what Google thinks of us and what they say, yeah. you know. So um, good brilliant. stuff. So I recommend that to all our listeners. So other than that, everybody have a great day. Enjoy. Keep learning.